Welcome back to Let's Talk Cars. It's been a while since we've done a podcast, and um, I think it's perfect timing to come, to be coming back. Um, we've had so much news recently. Um, sorry that we haven't been as active on our social channels recently. It's just everything's been so hectic. Um, you would have noticed recently on our website, Driving Mad, that there's a new um, contributor that will be posting a editorial every single month. Um, so the last one was around the future of the hypercar. Um, next one will be on the, I think, I think, I think the next one's going to be on autonomous, autonomous driving in the future of that. So keep your eyes peeled for that news. Um, today I want to have a bit of a chat about the, you know, the run of the mill car offerings, especially in Australia. So we're talking about brands like Hyundai, Kia, Honda, um, Suzuki, uh, Mazda. When you drive around on the road and you're obsessed with cars, you, you look, you, you're pretty, I think you're pretty cluey about what's driving in front of you, what's driving next to you. You're looking at, you know, you notice new models that you haven't seen on the road before. And I just thought, I really need to bring up the fact that so many mainstream manufacturers right now, not the posh Germans, just the, you know, you know, the more accessible cars from the from Japan and from Korea. They're looking really really good these days. Like really really awesome. Um I noticed the other day um there was a Hyundai i30 sedan that was parked next to me at Westfield Shopping Centre. I actually walked around the car three times in like absolute awe about how awesome it looked. It's a sedan, yes, bit boring, but it looked phenomenal. Like the shapes and the edges and the angles of the car. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like how much does this car cost? And I went online and I checked it out. I'm like, it's in the 30s. Like that's so like really, really accessible in the grand scheme of things. I just thought, what else has Hyundai been doing recently? Like, what other car manufacturers that are considered mainstream? Like, what styles are they doing? Was this a one-off? So I went through their website. Like, I'm going through it now. And I'm like, yes, you got the Venue, you've got the Kona. But then, like, you got the new Tucson. You know, that starts at, like, you know, the low 30s. And then you got the Palisade. And then you got the Santa Fe. Um, and even the Sonata. And I'm like... That's a no-brainer. Like you're you're buying a car that, in my opinion, looks better than anything that you know a European manufacturer is pumping out right now. And I'm just like, this is so so cool. Um, and I guess why why car manufacturers are now starting to make cars look really really edgy. Um, you know, even like the new Toyota Corolla looks awesome. Um, I think it's because they finally caught up to the fact that. People want to look really good in a car. Um, and if you look at the amount of, you know, high-end premium cars that are on the road at the moment, especially in Sydney um, and in Melbourne in Australia, people want that that badge. But now manufacturers that don't have such a desirable badge are now meeting the requirements of that aesthetic look that people are after. I think that's so, so good. Like 10 years ago, a Hyundai or a Kia or a Honda, they were affordable, but that was about it. They they weren't desirable. 
you now have manufacturers that are creating really desirable looking cars. And I think that's just so, so cool. Um, you know, and you've also got like entry, you know, again, more accessible brands um, that are making really, really hot, fun cars. Um, I thought back a couple of weeks ago when we did the recording on, uh, I think it was Newsflash 1. <laughs> that might have been a few months ago, actually. And we discussed the new hot Yaris, the GR Yaris, that all-wheel drive manual um, uh, compact car. And I'm like, oh, it's just going to be a one-off. They're not going to do another hot car. Toyota's just trying to like wet your whistle. There's going to be a hot Corolla. How cool is that? Like you're going to get the reliability of a Toyota product with their, you know, with the Guru Racing, sorry, the Gazoo Racing, you know, engineers tinkering with it. It's like a perfect package. Um, it's so, so cool. Massive, massive fan of that. Um, and I just really hope it continues because no more will you, you know, be buying, you know, Run of the mill car and go. Oh, I just bought it for X, Y, and Z reasons. Oh, I was affordable. Oh, I was safe. Now you can say it looked really, really hot. Um, you know, even going beyond like Suzuki, for example, that I mentioned before, such a small brand, and it's like for so many years they were like, ugh, like it was a bit of a left wheeled op, left left field option. Why would you buy one? You know, there were just so many other options. The Jimny, the Mini G Wagon. So, so like the internet has fallen in love with that car. I've had a cousin who, you know, who's just turned 18. She wants a Suzuki Jimny. She doesn't want a Audi A1. She doesn't want a, uh, you know, a, a Beamer or something. She wants a Suzuki Jimny. That's so, so cool. And as a car person, I love that because she's like, this is something that's affordable, that's desirable, and I want it. I'm not just buying something for the sake of getting from A to B. I think that's so sad when people say, I just want a car that goes A to B because a car should, to me, a car is like your metal body armor. Like it, it, it's, the, it's the metallic shield that goes around you and your family. You should feel super proud of what you drive. And now that there are so many awesome looking cars, um, right through the spectrum, um, you know, even looking down at the Hyundai i20 or the um, uh, Kia Picanto, all those cars are just so, so great. And I think you feel so much more proud of owning those cars. Um, so, yeah, I was just, as I said, I was just been looking around on the street recently and I'm like, wow, it's looking great out there. The streets are looking good. Yes, it's still all grey. It's still white and blacks and silver, but who cares? It's your car. It's your, you know, your piece of armor that's around you, which I think is fantastic. Another thing that I've noticed recently that I'm a bit kind of like, I wanted to bring up, and I'm not too sure where it's going to go. I have been asked recently about, you know, buying secondhand. What type of car should I be buying with with the with the knowledge that in the next ten years, EVs are going to be massively desirable and be taking up a large chunk of the Aussie market. If you're listening to this in Europe and Asia, um, or or North America or or wherever, 
you're probably like, oh, I'm going to start buying a hybrid now or I, you know, I wouldn't buy a diesel now. I want to start buying an EV. But in Australia, we're so far behind the rest of the world when it comes up when it comes to EV uptake. Um, so this is why I'm going to discuss this really quickly. If you are buying a used car now, um, or even if you're buying, you know, a, a new car now, my gut feeling is don't buy diesel anymore. I feel like if you care about resale, you shouldn't buy a diesel now because they're just going to. It's going to be one of the first types of vehicle that are going to be faded out just because they're not very clean. Um, they're quite. They're not. Uh, they're not as refined, as efficient, or as you know. As I said, as clean as a petrol car. So I feel like diesels are going to be going out first. Then of course, then petrols, then hybrids, then full EVs. But yeah, right now, if someone was to buy a new car, I would say unless you're doing big Ks, avoid diesel. I feel like diesel's dying. Like you don't want to be in a position in ten years' time when you sell your car, and you know you are, you know, you're trying to sell your diesel car in an electrified world. Um, This is the point. I think the next 10 years, we're going to see so much change in our market where people, you know, don't, you know, they want to buy more futuristic or more modern or more efficient forms of, um, of propulsion. Um, cleaner propulsion through, you know, again, hybrid, cleaner petrols with um, petrol particular filters um, or EVs, um, which is which is a big deal. I mean, diesel cars have been really popular in Australia for at least probably, well, probably around two decades now, a decade and a half. So that's a big change. Um, so that was my first little comment. I thought, don't buy a diesel right now. Um, but other than that, go right ahead you know there are so many cool hybrids coming out again from like toyota like the the rav4 hybrid there's like a six month waiting list for that car and it looks so good the build quality is fantastic um and the economy is just brilliant from that car like don't buy a diesel just get into a hybrid now i reckon 100 percent um or at least get a petrol again quota if you're doing like big k's like over twenty five thousand a year Yep, diesel still makes sense. Screw the resale price. The, the um, the the uh, screw the re- the resale price. Um, when you decide to sell the car in the future, don't worry about what you're actually going to get the car for because, at the end of the day, it's a depreciating asset. It doesn't actually matter. Um, just buy what suits your purpose now. In saying that, just be careful. Other big news that I ha- I guess that's been happening in the last couple of weeks since we've done since we've done our last podcast is that more and more manufacturers are trying to get your attention through standard equipment which i noticed again when we were discussing design of accessible cars um or i shouldn't say accessible i mean more mainstream cars what i've also noticed when i was doing my research was how unbelievably well specced your average everyday compact SUV, um, SUV, sedan, and hatchback um, is Apple CarPlay across the board, autonomous uh, emergency braking, reversing cameras, sensors, leather, heated steering wheels, everything. And I think it's because now these types of technologies and these types of luxury items are so accessible because they're just off the shelf. 
And it really made me think, why would you spend so much more money on a badge these days? And I know that's like sacrilege. Like, what are you talking about? All you ever talk about is European cars and supercars and hypercars. But I just felt like this episode needed to happen. The, the normal mainstream accessible manufacturers are doing so well right now. Besides Mitsubishi and Nissan, I have no idea why those two brands can... I don't know how they currently exist. They, they're just not doing anything with it for themselves. But like the new Honda Civic, that just came out. It was just announced. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it looks so good. Like if you're buying the sedan or the hatch, you're buying one of the hottest looking cars right now. It looks so futuristic. The standard equipment is amazing. I'm like... Like, there's just so much good stuff out there right now. And again, there's like accessible performance now as well. Like you can get like a hot, you know, the the hot looking Hyundai Sonata. You can get, you know, the i20N from Hyundai. You can get the Honda Civic Type R. You can get um, the, oh, I lost what I was going to say. You can also get like the, um, you know, Skoda RS products. They look, they're so good and they're so fast and they're, and, they're, and they're just brilliant. Like, why would you spend your money and get into a Beamer or an Audi or a Jag or something? And I think that's, see, that's what their downfall will be. Over time, as all of this technology becomes more and more accessible and these brands continue to make these really cool looking products, it's kind of squishing that 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 mid-tier of vehicles. Like, like those those typical European premium product, premium brands. Um, it's like the guys at the bottom are squeezing them out of the way. The guys at the top are coming down, you know, Porsche, Maserati. They're coming down the tree a bit. So it's kind of like this weird dance that's going on at the moment. It's like there's so much saturation of product and they're all like really, really good. Uh, I was in a Kia Picanto the other day. And I was like, this car is brilliant. For what it is, it's such a good little car. Um, It wasn't overly powerful. It didn't have an abundance of technology. But it it was quiet. It was refined. Happy to sit in the car for two hours on a road trip. And it's marketed as a compact city car. Get the Picanto GT. You're in like a little mini hot hatch. They're fantastic. Um... This sounds like the most upbeat podcast I've ever done, but I was just like, I was like, I have to tell everyone about this because I just hope people need to recognize what's going on. And I know we did a little sidetrack into diesel products. That was just me trying to think, oh, I've got to do a bit of consumer advice here if we, you know, because someone mentioned it to me the other day. Um, but yeah, here at Canto, big, big fan. I'm actually looking on their website right now. Oh, God, it's a good looking car. It really, really is. What else would I get right now? Like, what else is Kia doing that's really good looking? Oh, yeah, the EV6. Oh, yeah, see, also, these mainstream brands are jumping onto hybrid and electrification really quickly, almost at the same speed as the bigger European guys, which is going to be super interesting. Who's going to win the race? Because you got, like, from Kia, you got the Nero hybrid, the plug-in hybrid, the EV6... You've got electric vehicles coming from MG. You've got electric vehicles coming from Hyundai. What's going to happen, I wonder? Electric vehicles coming from Mazda. Incidentally, the new Mazda 
uh, what was it? The Mazda 30. It's such an awesome looking compact coupe SUV. And it's the first electric vehicle from Mazda, which I think is absolutely awesome. Um, issue with it though, this is an this is an example where design takes too much precedent. Um, it's an awful SUV. Like you can't fit in the back of the car at all. Um, it's purely there to be an electric coupe SUV. Like it's just there to be a statement. I feel like it's not really a very good vehicle. Um, also, the build quality bit iffy in that car. Just a side note. Um, but as I said, it's, it's going to be super, super interesting to see what happens in this space. Electric cars coming out of compact car, coming out of entry-level vehicle, entry-level brands that are looking really, really good and they're offering, I don't know, there's just so much going on, which is just so exciting. So if you're buying a new car right now, good luck, because I don't know what you would buy. I have, um, you know, I've got a friend of mine who's looking for a new compact SUV. Not the biggest fan of compact SUVs, but again, happy to help. I have no clue. I have absolutely no clue what to choose right now. Like, there's so many options. Um, there are so many different derivatives from different, different brands. Again, avoid Nissan and Mitsubishi, and I'd probably avoid MG. But besides that, good luck. Go ahead from the new Subaru Forester, the Subaru Outback, the Mazda, MX, the Mazda CX-5, um... The new Honda CRV, the new HRV that's coming out looks incredible again. Well, I'm using a lot of adjectives in this episode. Um, but yeah, there's just so much, so much great stuff right now. Um, I think we're going to have to do a future episode on like color combinations that are really trending right now. Um, but yeah, if you're buying a new car right now, good luck. Anyway, this is going to be quite a short episode because again, there's only so many times I can run through a uh, how, my 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 use of descriptive words, and I just wanted to keep it really tight. Right now, I beg you, open up your eyes when you're on the road. There are so many there are so many amazing vehicles that are coming out of mainstream brands. If I was the if I ran a BMW dealership right now, I'd be freaking out because the reason for their existence is becoming smaller and smaller because more affordable, accessible vehicles that have high quality, great design and awesome features are right below them and even more desirable brands are filtering down into their space. So in the next 10 years, when we're all in EVs, I want to know what the distinguishing factor will be. I reckon, as I said, this is probably one of the biggest, craziest times in the automotive, in, in, in the entire automotive industry. Brands will break, brands will survive. Um, probably another indicator that a lot of mainstream brands are trying to make their products more desirable because when we're all in an EV world, we're pretty much on the same, you know, we're, we're, we're all in the same category. You know, there's only so much you can do with an electric vehicle. You know, refinement's kind of equal. There's no, there is no, there's no engine to deal with. So you're, you're dealing with a more even playing field. So I guess making your cars look nicer, um, trying to safeguard your brand's relevance in the future. If you're Nissan, if you're Kia, if you're, sorry, if you're Nissan, if you're Mitsubishi, if you're Volkswagen, that are offering quite boring vehicles, well, 
Are you going to be that memorable in the future? When everyone's in an EV? Don't know.